It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we have a guest from Eagles.com. His name is Fran Duffy. Fran, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining. Brett, thanks so much, man. This is uh, this is going to be fun. I'm excited for this conversation. The the people on Twitter, if they don't already follow you, they can find you at EaglesXOS.com. Yeah, EaglesXOS. Uh, I host the uh, the Journey to the Draft podcast, and then a, uh, an Eagles and like X's and O's podcast, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast as well. Awesome. Do you have written content on Eagles.com as well? Yeah, I'll do uh, you know some X's and O's breakdowns. We did like some uh, combine preview series. I'm sure I'll be doing some other stuff here uh, before the draft comes in seven weeks, which is uh, crazy to think about uh, that we're just that close to the NFL draft. Ooh, it is crazy. You were down in Indy last week, correct? Yeah, I, I was there uh, from Tuesday until Monday. Um, so it was a long week, but it was uh, it was fun. It was productive. It's, it's, uh, honestly, it's um, one of my favorite tri- trips of the year um, that I make. This was my tenth combine, and um, you know I, lo- I love being on the fields for workouts. I love being able to talk with players during media availabilities. Obviously, hearing from coaches and GMs is great, but um, you know the, the, the entire experience is just so much fun. It's a- extremely busy. It's long days, long nights, but uh, it's always a great trip every year. Heck yeah, I, I love the trip too. I didn't make the trip this year, unfortunately. I have just I have a you know two hundred player draft guide coming out in the next couple weeks here, and had too much to do to justify yeah. the travel days. So I stayed home. I enjoy the Senior Bowl week though about as much. Have you ever made that trip? Yeah, I've done uh, I've done that probably. Um, that should be right about ten times for that as well. The only times I've missed uh, were for our two Super Bowl trips. So that's why I was not down there this year. Um, just getting ready for the Eagles to take on the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, no, I, I love going down to Mobile as well for a lot of the same reasons. Being able to see these guys up close, uh, catch up yep. with people all around the league, uh, and uh, the food in both places uh, is nothing to us to your nose up to either. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, right now, well, let's dive right into it. So. Usual format, I ask people to come on and give me guys they're higher on than most and then pound the table for some team player fits. Um, Let's jump in with Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. Now, we've talked a lot on this podcast about his counterpart in Jalen Hyatt. Unfortunately, they didn't really get to play too much together this year. Yeah, But hit me with Cedric Tillman. This is a guy I am also intrigued with, and I think there's some value to be had with him in the draft. Hit me with your thoughts. Yeah, he was my favorite senior receiver uh, coming into this group. And I, I think overall, I'm probably a little bit higher on the group of seniors in this class than than most people. You know, I, I really like Cedric Tillman. I'm really high on uh, Rasheed Rice. Uh, I'm Ooh, really big on Andre Yoshivas from Princeton. I love Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. So I didn't go down the list. All, all those guys I actually thought about uh, bringing to the table for this segment. But um, for me, I had to stay true to Cedric Tillman, who, again, I was really, really high on coming into the year. He was the first 1,000-yard receiver at Tennessee as a junior since Justin Hunter all the way back in 2012. And so uh, the production was absolutely there a year ago, over 1,000 yards. The injuries uh, really kind of took their toll this year. He was dealing, I believe, it was with an ankle injury for the majority of this season. But this is a guy with legitimate size, six foot three, 
213 pounds at the combine, just under 33-inch arms, got huge hands. Um, and the big thing that I look at is his usage, right? And obviously, look, in that offense, with the way that he was asked to play, uh, all of his routes came to the far right of the formation. But lining up on the perimeter, he saw a lot of press coverage, faced 58% of his uh, snaps last year came against press, and he was a vertical threat. I mean, 14 yards, average depth of target, and you got a sense of, okay, this is a big, long, physical receiver who's got the ability to attack down the field. He's a long strider. I thought he showed uh, legitimate vertical playmaking ability as a junior. Um, But what I also love about it is that while a lot of those targets are contested, a lot of those targets were – um, you know, the, the low uh, success rate, right? Like down the field reps are a little bit harder to be able to come by. 4.4% drop rate over the course of his career. This guy was uh, outstanding at the catch point. He played through contact extremely, extremely well, Brett. And that's something that I really value, not just a, a, like at every position, but especially at wide receiver. You know, being able to beat contact early in the rep, beat contact throughout the route. And then obviously win uh, through contact at the catch point. That's something I was highlighting, um, you know, all season long with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith here in Philadelphia with both of those receivers, and they do it in different body types, right? But uh, being able to fight through contact and win, I think, is such a, a really, really important trait for wide receivers. And I think that Tillman does that as well as anybody in this class. Um, and again, it's just been so, so good at the catch point. That 4.4% drop rate, according to PFF, I'm fairly certain if my memory serves, that's like the best uh, from all the receivers that were at the combine. And so um, you're, you're talking about a big physical guy with long strides who can attack vertically, uh, who can win through contact and is really good at the catch point. Like, yeah, like sign me up for that kind of guy. Heck yeah, I love that. The the hands are definitely special. Um, I think of my – I think Parker Washington may be the only guy with a lower drop rate, or maybe that was just this year. But regardless, Washington wasn't targeted with the same volume, really, as, as Tillman was over his career. So, um, yeah, I, I love Tillman. The, the other thing that stands out to me is, on top of the hands, is the ball skills. I mean, yeah. this guy, he gets his body in position to make a catch. If you're even remotely close, I don't care if you know if it's an overthrow, underthrow, or it's outside of his frame significantly, he's going to find a way to get to the ball. He's got the body control to get his feet down. Um, I, I definitely love it. The, I guess my only thing that you know, I wish I could get more of from him was was some run after the catch ability. Yep. Um, I I feel like he he wasn't great in that regard, but the the physical tools are there for him to be good. You know, he's got he's got explosive movement skills. Like his linear movement skills are fantastic. I mean, he yeah. he really does. He should be able to develop some some run after catch game. He's got the size and the strength. Um, another underrated thing about him, friend, that no one is really talking about is there's, and I've hit this on the pot a uh, few times with some of the other bigger receivers is there's a scarcity of available X receivers in the NFL right now. Um, free agency. What do you got? Like DJ Chark and maybe Allen Robinson via trade. That's it in the draft. You know, Quinton Johnston, he profiles as an X, but he plays a lot of gadgety type stuff as well. So I, I wouldn't even say he's a true X. And then you have AT Perry is the other one. I mean, Cedric Tillman has a a chance to get probably drafted higher than people realize because of the the scarcity of big boundary receivers right now. No, I, I think that's a good point. You know, and you look at some of the other guys. You know, like the Justin Shorters. Like, oh, you you, you wish he moved a little bit better. Um, and the profile's not like super friendly, right? From an from an analytical standpoint, right. I think a lot of the models aren't going to paint 
uh, guys like Justin Shorter in the best light. But I, I think when you look at, um, you know, Cedric Tillman, I, I agree. I think you check a lot of those boxes that you're looking for in your kind of like traditional throwback X receiver uh, type of profile. Um, you know, and even to your point about the yards after catch, like I think a part of that too is just kind of the function of that offense. Um, you know, when, when you are a vertical threat, like the yards after catch uh, numbers can suffer a little bit. And, and you're right. I mean, like you look at this year, 2.9 yards after catch per reception is a, is a really bad number. Um, but it was almost double that. A year ago, and so you look at all right, but maybe the injury had something to do with that. And to your point, um, he does move pretty well, so it's all right if he used if he's used in uh, a slightly different way in the NFL. If he if he does run um, some more in breakers and some more shallows, he moves around into the slot a little bit. Uh, you get the, get the ball into his hands a little bit earlier, then maybe you're looking at some better yards after catch numbers. But um, no, I agree with you that he's probably one of those guys that uh, you know one of the few in this class that profiles as a true X receiver. Right on. Um, all right, let's. Another guy you're big on, um, higher on than most, is Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell. Now, we have not spent a single minute talking about him on this pod, so this will be exciting to the listeners. Hit me with Jack Campbell. <clears throat> Yeah, so I studied him for the first time last July. Um, I remember it was a uh, it was a day for training camp. Actually, it was I think it was the Eagles' open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. So it was a night practice. Um, so I was uh, during the it was like the mid morning, and I was like, oh, you know what? I could squeeze in a couple guys uh, from from college, uh, some rising seniors that I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet. So I'll, I'll let me put on uh, Jack Campbell. He was third team All Big Ten last year, and there he was a name that was kind of circling around. Um, so I was like, all right, let, let, let's plug him in. There was another li- Iowa linebacker there, Justin Jacobs, who uh, ended up staying in school. He entered the transfer portal. But let me let me watch Jack Campbell. Well, this guy's over six foot four. He's just under two hundred fifty pounds, and was a tackle machine last year. One hundred and forty stops a year ago. And so you're I, you kind of like paint a picture in your head, like big physical Iowa linebacker. And then I start watching him, and you know I talk about the play through contact. Jack Campbell's excellent through contact. He's got a really fast processor. He keys and diagnoses as well as anybody that I've studied these last couple of years. Um, he's a really good tackler. There's not a lot of misses with him on tape. He's got a history as a core four special team starter, which I love uh, in all positions. I, I love guys that um, show that. You, you either love the guys that come in and produce right away on offense or defense, or if they don't, like be a producer on special teams. If there's guys that are blocking your way, that's fine, but go and produce on special teams, and he did that. Um, touches all areas of the box score. This is a guy that is a stat, stat sheet stuffer. I really value production uh, on defense, and he certainly did that. Um, I talked about the ability to play through contact, and yeah, part of that is the great size, but I think he's got a really, really good knack, a really good feel for playing through traffic and being able to defeat blocks in a number of different ways. And then when you get to, all right, well, what does he can do? What can he do in the pass game? Um, he's not often used as a blitzer, but very similar to like what TJ Edwards was coming out of Wisconsin and what TJ Edwards has been here in Philadelphia. This guy's got a really good feel for being a middle zone player. His eyes are almost always ahead of the quarterback. He's reading the progression well. He's taking up throwing lanes. Uh, had some great interceptions and uh, last year. And then you fast forward to this year, and he had some great ones as well, some great plays in coverage. Is he a guy that you want matched up one-on-one with Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara? Like, no, but you would say that about 98% of the linebackers in the NFL. Uh, I think that Jack Campbell can be a really good starter uh, in the NFL. I think that he you know, compares kind of body type-wise to like what Leighton Vander Esch was coming out, except without some of the medical concerns that LVE had coming out of Boise State. I was very interested to see what he would run because he was a guy that you watch him, and he's really fluid. His change of direction is really efficient. Uh, there's, I, I didn't see any real like athletic hiccups with him on film. 
but the long speed was like that was the one thing where I'm like oh like that yep. that will be interesting to see what he runs i don't think he was like a plotter but it certainly was not like a strength so he goes to indy last week and one of the first times i wanted to see it was on thursday night or thursday afternoon what was the the, the, the uh what was his time going to be well he ran four six five that's a below average number that's not a that's not great but it's not bad either. But then what did he do in the rest of the testing? He went six seven four in the three cone. Outstanding number. 128 inches in the broad, 37 and a half in the vert. Outstanding numbers, especially for 249 pounds. So um, Jack Campbell, uh, he is a guy that I felt really good about on film coming into the year. He came back and won the Buckus Award, first-team All-American, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year uh, this season. Once again, first-team All-Conference. So uh, came in with an outstanding senior senior season, then goes to the Combine, uh, checks in really, really big at 6'4.5", just under 250 pounds, and tests really well. Feel really, really good about Jack Campbell at this stage in the process. Yeah, I, I, I love all that. I love that you, you acknowledge the deficiencies, but you also point out the strengths. I mean – when I watch him, his ability to play downhill and f- with physicality is attractive. Um, he's kind of a throwback in some regards. He'll stick his face in a fan as a term I, I like to throw around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, amazing size. The thing I, <laughs> I'm interested to see is if somebody, you know, like Bill Belichick decides to draft him and put him in as one of these hybrid guys because he – athletically speaking and physically speaking, he checks all of the boxes he's looking for in, in those types of players. I would hate to see him in that role, to be honest. I think he's too he's, – his instincts are just too good to, to waste him as a line of scrimmage type player there. I love. I, I do think he's a Mike, even though he's a little big. Um, yep. uh, he, he does have that limited range in coverage, but, you know, in the right fit, you know, you're playing, what, man, 20 to 30% of the time. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, if, if he's on a team that plays mostly zone, you know, you mentioned the Eagles, you know, if that a team that runs a similar scheme to that would be perfect for him. Um, Buffalo is a team I, I would love him on if um, if they decide to move on from Tremaine Edmonds um, because of salary purposes. But regardless, I I do really like Jack Campbell. The athleticism is attractive, um, despite the the interesting 40 there. Um do you have a team fit you like? I mean, you mentioned the Eagles, but other than the Eagles, do you have a team fit you like for him? For Campbell? Um, you know, I haven't necessarily thought about it. I think that at the end of the day, like, we're probably talking about mm-hmm. a player, especially after the way he tested. Uh, it would not shock me if he was, in, you know, in, in kind of in the meat of round two. Um, I don't know that he's going to make it into round one. But I think at the end of the day, um, when you're looking at Campbell, uh, I think you mentioned it that you, you probably prefer – a zone-heavy scheme, and most teams in the NFL now are, are predominantly yeah. zone-heavy. Um, but I, I honestly, I think he's kind of scheme agnostic because I, I think when you're talking about uh, Mike Backers in the NFL, even if you are a team that plays a lot of man coverage, like, yeah, there are versions of man where you're not necessarily asking the, the, the linebacker to be uh, one-on-one with the, the dynamic running back in the in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And he also has the size and movement to be able to contend with tight ends as well. So I don't know if he's going to be like a shutdown tight end guy, but I do think that he's got – uh, some of that, some of those chops to be able to play in coverage that way as well. So um, I, I do think he's probably scheme agnostic in, in that he could fit for a number of different teams. Right on. All right, let's get to the the last guy I asked you to bring to the table, and that was a team player fit. And when you mentioned this guy, of course, <laughs> I got excited. Uh, a good chunk of my listeners are Detroit Lions fans. A good chunk of the things I talk about it just happen to be Detroit Lions related because of, you know, natural instincts there so there's a running joke Fran that uh every guy that gets brought up on the podcast I I kind of picture them and what they would look like on the Lions it's kind of a running joke and uh but you actually came to the table with a Lions fit 
and that's Penn State corner Joey Porter Jr. This is a guy I love. Let's let's see how how much we're in agreement here. Well, uh, look, I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the Detroit Lions, they are uh, certainly looking for another corner opposite of Jeffrey Okuda, who had a, a really good sophomore season. Um, Amani Oruarie is a free agent, uh, another former Penn State corner, ironically enough. Uh, but I, I think they're just looking for, for better play opposite of Okuda. And so clearly, you know, they're going to be in that corner mix, a, a very popular pick for them right now in mock drafts. I know that Dane Brugler, he just dropped another one uh, over at the Athletic. Uh, Christian Gonzalez at number six overall is a, is a fit that people have pegged. Now, if they decide to go quarterback or line of scrimmage, you know, whatever else they, they decide they could potentially do at number six, I do think an interesting player to keep in mind for them would be Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Now, uh, he is a really, really good-looking kid, you know, six, two and a half outstanding length, 34-inch arms, just under 81-inch wingspan, um, absolutely looks the part. And I think when you look at the way that the Lions play, um, you know they were top five in the NFL last year, depending on the service you look at in terms of press coverage. Uh, you look at Penn State, the way that they played last year, uh, they were 57% press coverage. That was one of the yep. best marks in the Big Ten. And so schematically, I think there's plenty of things to look at and say, yeah, like Joey Porter Jr. would be a fit. I think when you look at the Detroit Lions, uh, the way that they have put together their team and the way they put together even their coaching staff, um, a lot of like NFL bloodlines, former players that became coaches. Uh, they, there's a lot of that synergy there. Um, and even if you look at that staff, you know, Antoine Randall L., uh, wide receiver previously with Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, he knows Joey Porter uh, Sr. quite well, right? So um, there's, there's some of that that is certainly there. And I think when you look at uh, Joey Porter Jr., hell, even they got, who did they just hire? They just hired a new assistant coach, uh, their new D-line coach, John Scott, where we see the last couple of years. Penn State, right? So uh, to me, I'm always big into like looking at the breadcrumbs. Um, you know, this is a very this is very prevalent in free agency where it's like, okay, uh, when a guy hits the market, uh, teams are looking for for familiarity and players are looking for familiarity. And I think that you'll see a lot of that in the draft process as well. Is that um, you know, coaches, scouts, they're much more liable to um, uh, to pound the table for guys that they feel comfortable with. Maybe they knew them growing up. Maybe they're, you know, there's just a little bit more extra because we know that this is not a, uh, it is an imperfect science. This is a, a very tough business projecting humans out. It's humans evaluating humans. And so, you know, there's a, there's definitely a, a lot of chance in this. And so anything you can do to kind of, ease your concern a little bit you're going to try and lean towards that way and I think when you look at Joey Porter Jr. even from a profile standpoint the way that Detroit has gone about like kind of building this team over the last couple of years under this new regime uh, with Brad Holmes as the GM you know with uh, with Dan Campbell as the head coach um, they're not big into like uh, the guys that test extremely well they they value play speed over time speed that's important for Joey Porter Jr. they trend younger six of their seven picks um, just late last year were, were uh, younger players and i think that that carried through even to last year uh they trend bigger schools right so um toughness and intangibles matter i talk about the bloodlines uh they value priority positions early in the draft uh, again you just kind of like go through and look at the way that they've built their team the guys that they draft in the first round second round third round and there's a lot of just breadcrumbs that point to like yeah like joey porter jr is the kind of player that would fit schematically from a profile standpoint, from a uh, human, like person to person standpoint. There's just a, a lot of things that I think would make a lot of sense for that pick for them late in the first round. Yeah. All, all those points are excellent, especially about, you know, the, the connections to the player himself with whether it's staff members or you know, things of that nature. I, I do. There's three things that stick out in Porter's game that just immediately make me think he's a scheme fit. You mentioned the press stuff. 
the Lions don't not only do they press a ton, they they press with like zero blitzes a ton. Yeah. And they leave their corners on an island. They they absolutely need a guy with that experience. And Porter is super physical at the line of scrimmage. You mentioned the, the arm length. He he is literally made for for that scheme. So I think that's a that's a check. Uh Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, they've all talked recently in in interviews about how they need more ball production on defense. Mm. They need more turnovers. They need more uh, forcing completions, Joey Porter brings that to the table. I mean, he's he's an absolute. I, I don't know if ball hawk is the right term, but he uses that length incredibly well. He does generate a ton of ball production, so they'd be adding another guy to the mix to go with Kirby Joseph and and Jeff, who who like to get their hands on the football. And then the the last one is <laughs> watching this guy defend the run. He's a culture fit. Like Dan Dan loves this his his ability to deconstruct blocks on the edge playing the run and come up and be physical in the run game. He's not a liability there. He's actually an asset. That's going to be a huge win for, for Aaron Glenn in that defense. Um, I think all signs uh, – you've actually convinced me that they're drafting him. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if they take Christian Gonzalez at six, this all probably goes out the window, right? Um, yeah. And, and to your point, uh, the one the one stat I will look at from uh, from PFF often with corners. Um, because, honestly, I, I struggle with um, with coverage analytics, right, like uh, like completion rate mm-hmm. against and things like that because of like man zone coverage schemes. And, you know, was this guy – was this really a catch that this guy lit up, that kind of thing? But um, certainly when it comes to like ball production, uh, like forced – incompletion rate and forced incompletions uh, Joey Porter Jr. he had a forced incompletion rate last year of 38.2% that's higher than any corner uh, that PFF has evaluated in their final year on in college when they've been drafted and so uh, the Ooh. previous high was 30.4% it's 382 for Joey Porter Jr. So, um, look, he's only had one pick. If, if, this, if this is right, I've, I've got him written down for one pick uh, in the last couple of years. But uh, this guy knows how to get his hands on the football. There's no question. Yep. He, he really knows how to disrupt at the catch point. He uses that length to his advantage. Yes. Yes, he does. All right. Awesome. So, before we let you go, Fran, any – I know you were just in Indy. I want to talk about this a little bit at the beginning. But yeah. it feels best to do it now. Any standouts there that you weren't expecting or – and I think people get a little carried away with moving their boards around a ton. Like you should have – if you watched the tape, you should have seen what you saw at the combine. But sometimes guys do surprise still and you have to make adjustments. Anybody that you want to know outside of the obvious like Anthony Richardson blowing it up, which obviously should have been expected. But Sure. I, to me, like – um you know, I'm big into not just like, oh, like what did this guy run in the 40 or what did this guy's three cone look like? But uh, I really want to see it carry over to the position drills. And so uh, if you yeah. go and listen to the, you know, the Journey to Draft podcast every single night out there, we did a full recap um, where, you know, I caught up with Dane Brugger from The Athletic and we did like, all right, here are the six guys that, you know, blew out the testing. They did an outstanding job from just a pure testing standpoint. Here's six players from every day. But then every single day, uh, myself and Gabriella DiGiovanni, who was my uh, co-host for the week, we just did a, a deep breakdown into, okay, well, who are the guys that did well in ball drills? And so, like, uh, a great example would be Keishon Butte from LSU, who, uh, you know, the, the 40 time like, wasn't, like, great. You know, the testing numbers were just okay. But I thought he had an outstanding workout, right? So you kind of have to, like, juxtapose those two things. Um, you know, Kalaja Kansi from Pitt. Like, yeah, ran a blistering 40. Um, you know, uh, DJ Turner from Michigan, the corner, ran an outstanding 40. Well, neither guy did position workouts. So it's like, all right, like, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, like, I want to look at some other guys that did a great job where, uh, yeah, like, they ran well, but and they jumped out of the gym. But, like, did that carry over? Because there were other guys where it's like they tested great. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, like, ran great. 
and then he comes over and like the the position workout wasn't as good and so you know to me like I look at you know Andre Yoshivas from Princeton had a really really strong workout uh, the, and I, I was really I was really impressed with him you know Demario Douglas from Liberty I thought he had the wide receiver undersized kind of return man slot receiver type uh, had an outstanding workout he was really really impressive and um, you know I hadn't done a ton of work on him so being able to see uh, that up close and to have that be my first exposure was really really good um, Kenny McIntosh the running back from Georgia. He had like a, a near flawless workout. I thought the he running did. back overall was really, really good in the bag drills and in, in pass catching drills. Bijan and Kenny McIntosh, to me, were like 1A and 1B. I thought they were really, really good um, in everything that they were asked to do from a, from a drill point, a drill standpoint. You go to the to the corners, uh, Travis Hodges-Tomlinson was awesome. Brian Branch, Clark Phillips were awesome, right? Uh, so the, to me, like, um, you know, while it's great to be able to see the 40s, honestly, when I'm in there watching drills, I don't even watch the 40s. I'm like getting work done like on my laptop right. and like getting that stuff done. I'll, I'll get the numbers on that later. Um, but as soon as like the ball drills start, that's where I get excited and I, I want to watch and see uh, who are the guys that do best in those drills. Functional athleticism and d- refined skill sets. That's honestly what you're looking for when you're, when you're yep. scouting. So big time stuff there. I like that you mentioned Kenny McIntosh because I was going through a wide range of emotions during his, uh, his workout because I wrote him up a couple weeks ago and things I put in his profile was – you know, elite burst and good top end speed. Then he runs a bad 40 with a, with a very mediocre 10 split. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're killing me, Kenny. And then he goes out and tears up the on field stuff. And I was back on board. I was like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> let's, let's do this. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great call there. <clears throat> well, listen, Fran, it's been a pleasure having you uh, listeners. You can find him at, on Twitter at Eagles XO's, he is the host of Journey to the Draft podcast. You can also catch his work at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Thank you so much for listening. And again, Fran, thank you so much for joining the pod. Yeah, Brett, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Thank you.